Yo, what's going on? It is 3 p.m. here in Guttenberg, Iowa, Central Time in the U.S. Hope you guys are doing well. It is Wednesday, June 10th, 2020. I'm feeling so confident in that. I'm not even going to look at my watch. Okay, it was. It, I had to look at my watch. It's June 10th. What's going on, everybody? Hope you guys are doing well. T.O. Kofuzi here, Uncle Kofuzi, um, your friend. Good to see everybody. Um, let's see who we got in the live stream today. We've got Nathan N., Jeff Elliott, um, JC and his Dunbar, Matthew Lai, Ty Matt, Kenny, Andre, Reina, Reyes. Awesome. Um, Matthew Lai's here, Tony Yu. Very cool to see everybody. What's going on? I got some coffee with me today because it is kind of like a chilly, dreary day here. Although, like, chilly, dreary because I've been inside in the air conditioning for most of the day, I think. Um, I did get a run in this morning. I had a good run for the most part. Um, and it got super humid and then it's been raining. And so like we've had the windows closed, air conditioning on. So it's just been like um, just really relaxing kind of day today for the most part. And I'm just having some coffee, late afternoon coffee. All right, Michael Sessler says, uh, roll out June 10th today. U.S. users in California, Colorado, Florida, Illinois, New Jersey, New York, and Texas. July 2020, U.S. entire country, U.K., France, Spain, Germany, Brazil, and Japan. Awesome. Um, Matthew says, I wish it was cool today. It's so hot in California. Yeah, uh, I don't think that you guys are getting a ton of rain right now, but we are getting a bunch of it here. It's been raining all day long. It's been raining for like the past two days, but I've been very lucky because uh, it was fine yesterday morning for my run, and then it rained most of the day. It was fine today in the morning for my run. Now it's just raining. It's kind of been on and off. It's gone from like, no rain at all to like drizzle to just like a downpour. So um, I'm nervous because I always get nervous with houses and rain, uh, especially older houses like the one I'm in, that there's going to be water seepage. So I'm like super scared about that. Um, just uh, like rain just always, <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, I think from my work, I had some, uh, I encountered some experiences on cases that I worked on where it was just disasters and since then I think something that concerned me has gotten to like a really big concern proportions and so um yeah but this house is doing fine it's on a hill so it should be fine um yeah but seems to be doing okay with the water so feeling good about that uh, Patrick Fung has got some coffee for himself as well uh awesome Arnold Alanis says it was 100 something in Austin yesterday that is just insane I don't know how you guys deal with that. I mean, you guys, it must be like in Arizona where you just have to run like at dawn or earlier. Otherwise, it's just too late. Average running PTs here. This is first time. Good to be here. Well, good to have you here. I'm going to move this microphone a little bit. It's blocking my view of the comments in the way that I have this kind of all set up over here. Um, yeah, Michael Sesser says that's the local legends thing. Um yeah, so um, I've been seeing local legends on. I, talk, I, we're ta I think we're talking about Strava, right? Um, I've been seeing some local legend stuff lately, but I think it's because I'm in the test beta tester program now. So I've been seeing it. Some of the, my people, friends that I'm like, uh, been watching from afar, seeing how their running's doing, they've gotten like local legend status, and I'm like, how do they do that? But then like, you know, the thing about it is, when I signed up for this program, they made me sign an NDA. So I don't know what I'm allowed to talk about or not, you know? So 
I can understand that like they don't want people like necessarily like announcing stuff or critiquing it before it's ready. But like, you know, I just feel like maybe I shouldn't do this kind of beta testing that requires NDAs anymore because I just have a hard and then I'm just spending like just and like not talking about anything anymore. Um, Steve says, hey, if you're a missing Java, have you listened to the fat rat? His bio on Apple Music says he's happy for YouTube fans to use his music. Oh, that's that's interesting. That's cool. I am very familiar with the fat rat. I think he makes really cool music. Um, one of my friends at the first time I trained with Nike for the Chicago Marathon, like that year, it was like really like informal. Like, I don't think it was very organized at all. I think people worked very hard. But in terms of like working with local like media, um, like me, I'm a very, uh, very like not casual is not the right word. Um, but very like organic. But anyway, one of my friends that I met through there, Britt, she loves the Fat Rat. So she's always posting stuff on Instagram stories um, using Fat Rat like music. So um, that's interesting. I didn't know, like he says he's happy for YouTube fans to use his music. Hmm. I might do that because I do enjoy it. Um, Shannon says St. Louis was 60 and sunny at 830 and not humid at all. I find that hard to believe. But um, 68 and sunny at 8.30 doesn't sound too bad. It sounds great. Luis, Luis uh, says, uh, here we had brush fires from Santa Ana winds, warm winds from the desert, and it's been pretty bad air quality. I'm sorry to hear about that. Um, and then JC says, it's cooler today in Dallas, still warm but dry. Well, that's good. Doko Tagarin's here. Good to see you. And Jeff Elliott says, DC Rainmaker did a video on it today, but hasn't uh, Jeff hasn't watched it. So I'll have to check that out to learn a little bit more about the local legends. Because I feel like I would like to be a local legend over here in this area. Because uh, I'm one of the few people, I think, that are running uh, regularly here. Although I have seen other joggers. But the only other joggers that I've seen, there's a campground that's near here. Um, just around the corner, maybe about a mile. and Probably about two miles. mile and a half up the road. And... Um, I think there, there's a lot of people that are like there and then like just jogging in some of the surrounding streets um, or roads, dirt roads uh, while they're camping. So um, I have seen a handful of people. Uh, Piet Johnson says, hey, Kofuzi, I saw your video on the Polar OH-1. I know you said optical HR monitors seem to struggle at the end of workouts. Have you experienced that with the OH-1 yet? No, I haven't. And I've talked to Polar about it. Like, why? how come it's an optical sensor? There seem to be like tons and tons of optical sensors on the watch. There's fewer that are on the OH-1. It's smaller. Like, how does that work when this gives me so much problems when it's on the wrist down here, point at the wrist? And they were like, it's basically like a... Um, uh, a contact issue uh, and not that it needs to touch but like kind of like a, a meat issue or like a darkness issue so the way it was explained to me is like if you look at like the muscles of the wrist and right now I'm like flexing my wrist so you could see like there's like bones and there's like tendons and ligaments and stuff that are in here that are creating different like heights along my wrist and then it make and there aren't quite as many on the back side of the wrist where my op the optical sensors are but there's also just not as much for it to dig into. And so there's possibility for it to shake a lot and also light bleed to get in there. And the way that these work, the optical sensors work, is by light. And so when there's a lot of light bleed, um, that makes it harder for it to kind of like figure out what's an actual heartbeat 
uh, versus what's not a heartbeat and what might just be the watch shaking a little bit and kicking up some of my like cadence uh, from that jostling. When you put it somewhere here, because I was like, my question was, how come I can put it this, like when they say the wrist, they say like two bones or two fingers from your wrist bone, which is further down than I normally wear my watch and I've tried doing it there. Um, why does that have to be so precise, but I can put the OH1 anywhere on my arm and it's fine. And he says, because there's all this stuff going on in the wrist I just described, but when you put it in like your forearm, it just presses in, there's enough muscle there or other stuff that's going on in there that I can just kind of like be snug and get a good reading because of that from the optical sensor and the elastic waistband that's on there. So that's like, that's the reason why that one works so well, where this one, even the most sophisticated wrist-based optical heart rate, I just don't think works all that well from like a, a running perspective. I haven't found that one, one that works for me. There are some people that say this works great. They could run marathons in them and it's great. Me, I don't, I don't it doesn't work for me. So that's kind of my understanding of it. Average running PT says it's 95 to 100% humidity um, in here. So that's uh, rough. Sorry to hear about that. Um, let's see. Let's see. Uh, Esteban Gonzalez says, hey, Kafuzi, cheers from Costa Rica. Question, favorite shoe of all time? That for me is a Zoom Pegasus 33 Shield. That one has just a lot of sentimental value. I thought it was a great looking shoe. It was very fun to run in, but I also just really had a lot of fun in it. So that's my favorite shoe of all time. Um, Jared Kano says, me, Ko, and I signed up for the 300 miles grit challenge. Most mile per week I've hit before is 66. Any recommendations on training for the challenge? Um, I would say if you've done 66 miles in the week before, then you should be okay. I mean, as long as you've done that relatively recently, I think you'll be all right. I would say, um, in terms of training for the challenge, it starts in like 10 days. Yeah. 10 days from today. So I would say there's probably, I would ramp up your mileage a little bit this week, even if you're not quite at 70 for this week, because uh, you're, you're gonna have to average 10 miles a day to do 300 miles in 30 days. So I would ramp up the mileage a little bit this week, not too much from what you've been running, and then give yourself a couple of days to kind of like uh, recover and be fresh and ready to start the challenge. And um, depending on your level of fitness, if you're shooting for that 300, if it's going to be a big stretch for you to get that, at 300 miles is a lot of miles in a month. I would say, you know, the first week, make sure your miles are just really easy. Take it slow. And I think that will help you out quite a bit. So that, that would be my recommendation. So good luck. You know, I'm not sure if there's going to be a way, and I'll, I'll ask Thomas if there is, um, of like kind of tracking each other or like encourage, like I'd like to find a way that we can encourage each other as we're running for this pro, like uh, in this challenge. And so um, the main reason for that being, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the post on Instagram or in the Strava Run group, but uh, I'm gonna donate a dollar per mile that I run uh, to Black Lives Matter um, for the end of the, the 30 days. I'm hoping to hit like 310, 320 miles for the 30 days, um, maybe more, we'll see. Uh, I'll be tra I'm training for an FKT attempt on a, like a 29 mile trail. So I should have a lot of miles in there. And so um, I'm gonna donate a dollar per mile there. And I got five other people to agree to uh, make a similar pledge and I'm gonna match whatever they match. So um, I'd love to be able to track, not to check up on them, but just to see like, oh, look, you had like a 15 mile day, 
that's great, you know, and to be able to encourage people. So I'll have to see if there's going to be any kind of way uh, that we can do that and that we could all kind of see each other. I mean, I guess we could all follow each other on Strava, but I, I wonder if there'll be a run group on Strava or some, some, some sort of other way where we can kind of see that. Um, let's see. Average, uh, no, H. Lynn says, any insole recommended? You know, I don't, I, I have, I've had insoles a couple of times, and I have like a set that's a really nice set that I got from Rotor Sports that I generally find that I don't need to wear them. The only time I'll really wear them is if I feel like the shoe's just not right, then I might take the the fact or the stock insole out and then put like the um, an aftermarket insole in there. I don't know what brand it is that they use at Roadrunner Sports, but it's the kind where you go and like they will mold it to your feet when you're at the store and then you'll leave with a pair. I know there's other kinds where like you take something home, you stand in them and then you send it out and they send you something back. I know there's lots of different ways to do it. But the way that I did it was the one in store. It didn't take very long. It was expensive though. It was like 60 to 80 bucks, I think. But if you're someone that needs an aftermarket insole, something with a little bit more stability, like in the arch, then I think it could really be, be useful. Uh, Carlos PR says, good to see you, Carlos. Um, what are the benefits of using a foot pod? For me, the main benefit, it's not as uh, important. Well, it, it will be more important for me soon. Um, but the main reason I got it was because GPS wasn't that accurate for me in an urban area like in Chicago. So if I, a lot of my run commuting, which was the vast majority of my running before kind of everything happened, for my run commuting, I'd run from downtown in the loop back up to my home. And I would have to run through some, under some bridges, through like below grade a couple of levels when you're down in the Riverwalk area. Uh, and through like urban canyons. And the GPS signal is just not that accurate. The foot pod is gonna give you better pace and distance information that way. Anyone that's run like the Chicago Marathon, you've experienced this um, because your first several miles are just all weird and you don't know what's going on with your GPS. Um, it's because of that effect. And so that's the main benefit that I had. Now, here where I am, it's wide open skies. So like I have no problem getting a very accurate GPS reading. The foot pod benefits me here because this foot pod that I have, which is a stride foot pod, um, gives me power information. And that can be very useful for when I'm charging up hills and trying to figure out like how hard should I be running up a hill, right? So I'm, uh, it gives you like an amount of like effort that you're giving out, it gives you a power number. Um, and then you can try to figure out what's a good power number that you should try to maintain throughout the course of say, you know, a 50K that has a variety of terrain so that way you're not running too hard on the uphills and not running too easy on the downhills. So those are some of the benefits. Catherine AM says, Drury here in Montreal as well. Really windy, dreading a miserable run. I'm doing math, so I guess the gusts will make it appear like I'm going faster. Well, hopefully, as long as you've got the tailwind uh, helping you out there. Um, so I hope that that does make it better for you, Catherine. And good luck with the math training. Um, Tony, you says, does Kofuzi run with his iPhone? Yes, I do. Um, these days I do because I'm running with the grip. And so I mainly have the phone in case I need to like have someone come pick me up. Um, so like if I got hurt somehow, or if I got stranded or like really, really lost, hopefully I would still have a cell signal, which isn't always the case around here, but hopefully I would still have a cell signal so I could like call my wife to come pick me up. Um, the other thing is that I like to listen to either music or um, lately I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks as I run. So that's playing uh, and I'm listening to that as I run. All right. 
Um, Steve Arnberg says, have you talked about why you switch away from Apple Watch for running? The main reason for me is buttons. So like, I don't like on the Apple Watch, there just doesn't seem to be enough buttons for me. And the way they're, I had it set up so that the crown was on the left hand side or like interior towards my elbow. And so then you have the other button and I could press buttons this way, which I felt like, so I'm kind of like doing like a hands in prayer kind of motion, but like rather than like having to twist your wrist a little bit to reach the crown in the normal configuration. So I just always felt like the buttons were weird. I don't like having to touch a touch screen on a watch. Um, I just think the screen is small enough and it makes it very imprecise. And I always had, I just didn't like it. The other thing was uh, battery life. So like I, I was probably asking it to do too much because I was like listening to music, having it do my GPS and while also tracking and picking up information for my stride foot pod and my heart rate monitor and doing all these things at the same time. And I was like, it, I found myself at the position where like I couldn't listen to music before the marathon like before a marathon race, because I wanted to make sure I had music to listen to for the entire marathon. So I, these days I don't listen to music during a marathon anymore, but back when I was running with it, um, I was. And so uh, like the battery life would just be about on the edge of that. And so that's the main reason why I don't, I also don't like square watch faces. So that's another big thing. If Apple made a round one, that would be very compelling for me because it does make a very good smartwatch. Um, I use a MacBook and I have an iPhone. So like having all those three things works really well together because when it's on your wrist, it unlocks all those things for you. And so that's just really nice and convenient. And um, the messaging is all like unified and it just, everything's pretty seamless. So it's really nice to live with. It was great for everything except the run. The run was good, but not great. But for running like the Grid X and all the other like running dedicated watches, they're great for running, but not as smart watches generally. So it's just, which one do I want? You know, I wouldn't mind if they made like a really heavy Apple watch and put a big battery in it. So that way it could last like a couple of days or I didn't have to worry about it so much like on a longer run. Like if I do another 50K or this FKT that I'm gonna try to do, which will be like 29 miles. So like, I don't know, like 48K or so. Uh, 47k like I want to make sure it can last the entire time I don't know that an Apple watch can that's that's the thing the nice thing though about having it though was that I didn't have to bring my phone so I did bring the Apple watch with me to Iowa in case I wanted to like switch up and try and do some of that and get rid of the phone but here because there's no places to have water I have to bring it with me water with me so I've got a pack on I've got places to put the phone so it's not like a huge deal um, let's see Jared Crano saying in DC Rainmakers video basically just whoever has done the segment the most in the past 90 days is the local legend oh okay I guess I'll have to make some segments that's another thing that I've been meaning to do out here is to make a couple of segments uh, Cody Davis says, I, I lack the desire to be a local legend. That's funny. Fair enough. Mark Chancoclo is here. He said, what's up? What's up? Good to see you, Mark. And Frank LaHoulier says, don't you need a segment to be a local legend? I think you're right, based on what um, uh, Jared was saying. True. Um, Sam Pilar says, I'm going to start recording running stuff for YouTube. What music do you currently use? Was looking at SoundCloud as a free option and some others as premium options. Um, I use Epidemic Sound, and this is not Spawn. They, I wish they would sponsor me. I would love it if they sponsored me. I should try and, I don't know if I can reach out to them or not, or I don't know how to do that. 
but like I would love it. I mean, it's $15 a month, but it's probably the most valuable $15 a month that I spend on this channel because it just saves me so much time and I get more precisely the, the, the music that I'm looking for. I did SoundCloud, I did uh, No Copyright Sounds, which is a YouTube channel that like features uh, music creators that are willing to license their music for free. But what I found is all those videos that I made what, four years ago when I was using that are all one by one getting not copyright strikes, but they're taking them away because now they've, they're taking back, they're rescinding um, their license, which isn't how licenses work. But it's like, I'm not gonna bother fighting um, some like copyright troll uh, for a video that has 40 views and hasn't had any views in like two and a half years. So like, fine, I don't care. But it would make me furious if that were happening on current videos. So I use Epidemic Sound. I'd say invest in music if music is gonna be a big part of your channel. There's lots of channels where music isn't a big part and you don't need it, fine. Mine, I mean, basically how this channel started out in terms of running videos was like, it's music videos set to running instead of the actual music video. And so like music was a huge part of it from the beginning. And I used to spend so much time looking for music. Um, now I still spend a lot of time looking for music, but I just have a lot that I'm really excited about using. And I'm like keeping like a mental list in my head. Okay, all right, this is what I'm gonna use the next time I have a marathon race or a really tough run or a shoe that I just think is really awesome and I want something really driving music to like be like, this shoe is great. Then like I have a lot of that stuff. So I'm spending a lot of time there because the music's good, not because I'm constantly searching. So that's, so. I think that's about as like a thorough of an endorsement that I can give, but I, I love it. Um, yeah. All right. So, uh, Marcus Lewis says, nice product placement of the meta racers. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, them right here. Um, want them, even though all y'all say they are not marathon shoes for regular folks. I mean, I, I, I mean, I might try them. I, I'm considering them for the Heritage Trail Run. So the Heritage Trail Run is going to be 29 miles. It'll be about five or six miles on pavement or like uh, like blacktop. Do they still call it blacktop? Whatever that is, like uh, asphalt. And then 25 miles of crushed limestone. And so um, I've taken the zoom streaks for like 13 mile runs and 15 mile runs on the crushed limestone. I've taken the carbon rockets for 13 and 15 miles uh, on the crushed limestone and they do great because the material is a lot softer. And so um, this is definitely in the content, uh, this one, <laughs> I'm getting the backwards, things backwards, is definitely in the contention because I just, uh, I do like the shoe quite a bit. It's a lot of fun. Um, all right, let's see what else we got here. Um, Martha says, oh, Martha's talking to Kurt. I don't want to interrupt on that conversation. Steve says, also, Apple Pay on Apple Watch is pretty great in a pandemic. Yeah, it is, but, you know, I have Apple, like, I have Apple Pay on my phone. And then I think, I mean, Garmin has Garmin Pay. I don't know. I don't think Polar has that feature, but um, Garmin watches do. So if, if that's a big thing for you, like, um, I think the watch is, like, a very awkward way to do it because you're, like, holding it up kind of funny. So I've never liked Apple Pay on the watch. I would always rather use my, have the phone out. But because I hate Apple Pay with the newer iPhones that don't have the thumbprint because then it like looks at your face and now with, you know, masks on, like that gets annoying. I know you can make it learn your face with a mask on. I've never gotten to that point. 
Um, but I just, I think it takes longer because then you have, it recognizes your face, then you double, like double thumb click, right, on the side. When you had just the home button, you just held the phone like this with your thumb on it and it just, it was super fast. I loved it. So I, I'm really thinking about getting the iPhone SE, like when, when it comes time for me to replace this iPhone. Because it has a home button, right? That's why I thought, I thought it had touch ID still. Um, Reza Sajadiani says, what's gonna happen to Chicago Marathon? Should we start up the specific training or will it be canceled anyway? Um, we talked about it a little bit yesterday and I think it's gonna be canceled. Um, and we, yesterday we put a number on it, 80% chance it'll be canceled. But um, I would say start, if, you're, if your training plan starts, has you start, like if you're doing like a 20 week plan, I think that probably starts as soon. Um, I would say get started on it because it's going to, those first few weeks of your plan aren't going to be like super intense, um, it's, but it'll be good to have those in the bank just in case. So that way, if the decision doesn't come for another month, you're not suddenly four or five weeks behind. So I would say if you have a longer training plan that has you starting right about now, go ahead and start now as if it's going to happen. But I will say that uh, Taste of Chicago and Lollapalooza, two really, two of some of the biggest events of the year in Chicago, that happened in Grant Park, which is where um, the start and finish of the Chicago Marathon is, were both canceled for this year. Now, granted, those are in summer events, but those were both canceled. Um, I think that because uh, Chicago is a densely populated city um, and we're still dealing with it on quite an intense level, and Lori Lightfoot, the mayor, is really concerned about uh, a kind of a second spike, um, or second wave, I, I just don't, I don't see it happening. But I think uh, I also got an email, not just me, but I think they sent emails out two days ago now <clears throat> saying that um, uh, they are evaluating every day, but they still haven't made a decision and they know they need to make one soon, but they haven't made one yet. So that's where like they, they officially stand. Um, Shannon says, music free videos is amazing. Well, thank you, thank you. I do put a lot of thought into it. Some days are a little bit less thoughtful than others, but um, you know, I kind of have the ones that I save for like bigger, more shoes reviews that I'm more excited about and like for races. So yeah. Um, Sayel says, intro music is fire. Well, thank you so much. Um, Kurt Go says, thanks for all the tips. Really appreciate to be able to run my first half marathon soon. Awesome, well, good luck. That's great. Um, Sam Pillar says, thanks so much for answering my question. No problem. That's what's great about these live streams is that it can be so um, interactive, which I really love about it. So, um, let's see. Uh, Shannon says, I'm always so impressed how fast you record, edit, and release the videos. Yeah, I mean, it's fresh. They're fresh. I don't like really do a lot of, um, editing like uh, proofreading and kinds of editing so like I record it I film it and then it goes out and so uh, on, on the videos um, when I upload them I hit drop down boxes for like the like the footage recording date and so usually it's only one maybe it's two days behind uh, is generally how it goes because I'm making so many videos like I don't have a lot of like kind of like extra footage days uh, to go with. So the footage usually you're, you're seeing is usually from yesterday, sometimes from two days ago, um, which makes it hard to kind of like bank videos, which I know a lot of creators do. But, you know, I'd rather, I guess, just not have a video than try to bank a whole bunch. 
Um, but for the most part, they're not necessarily very, very time sensitive. But like if I showed you a video now where I'm in like long sleeves and tights, you know, that would look kind of weird. So it has to be somewhat like contemporaneous. And the only time I get really concerned about it is when like there's a race. Um, and so like people are excited about the race that just happened. They're looking up who the winner was and they're looking up footage from the race in general. You know, that's when I'm like, oh, I got to get that video out soon. The rest of the time I just get the video out soon because I just like the immediacy of it um, on, a, on like a somewhat daily format. I just feel like, you know, I, I really love like the hard deadline of like, I got to get one out today. Um, it suits me really well. And, um, you know, it makes sure that I don't overthink it uh, and just kind of get the video out. Uh, not that I don't care or that I'm not careful, but you know, um, I say at work a lot of the time that, you know, perfection is a, a function of time. And so it's like, you know, you make it as good as you can make it in the time that you have. Um, and so that's what I try to do. But I try to have something that's like, you know, current. So that way I'm not talking to you guys about something that happened to me like a week ago. And then if I have to respond to comments of something that happened like a week ago, then it's like, it makes it harder again to have like the connection with everyone which is kind of like, I think is like really one of the most important things. Um, yeah, let's see. Joshua Rival says, I enjoy drum and bass for the BPM while I run. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of ways. People were saying that there are, is it Spotify that lets you do a search for a playlist by beats per minute? So you could pick like, if you're trying to do like 180 beats per minute for your cadence, you can pick one that's that high. So I think there's, there's definitely a lot to that. Recycle on Wednesday is good to see you again. Uh, I was talking to Kurt. Um, a lot of people talking to Kurt today. So that's cool. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, David Alfonso, Alfonso says, yes, Garmin does. And talking about Garmin Pay in terms of being able to pay. And it attaches, it goes, Garmin Pay piggybacks off of Apple Pay, I think, right? So, yeah. Cody Davis says, would you wear the Vaporfly for your Heritage Run? Seems like the same type of ground you're running the Tunnel Marathon in. Um, I don't have any Vaporfly with me. Um, I don't think I do. I think I gave them all away. But um, I, I'm looking over there because there's a bag of shoes that I brought from Chicago that I'm donating to a local shoe drive. But um, yeah, but it definitely could work. It would be a great choice, I think. Um, like a Vaporfly next would be a great choice for it, but I'm not going to run in those. Um, but yeah, the crushed limestone, I think it, it would suit it really well. It's relatively flat. There aren't any really crazy changes in grade. I only think it's like, uh, there's a slight uphill for a big part of it. And then it ends mostly downhill. Um, but it's like a former rail line. So it's like the horizon plays tricks on your eyes. So it's one of those, like, I might be going uphill. I might be going downhill. I'm not actually sure. So for that run, like my heart rate, keeping an eye on my heart rate is gonna be really important for me. Um, yeah. Uh, Radovan Zauska says, greetings from Slovakia. Awesome, good to see you. Um, yeah, Patrick Fung says, about the new iPhone SE, it has the home button, yes. Yeah, I, I just think that it was really useful. And I think that I would like any other phone, like I don't I, like there's some phones have the home button on the back, right? Or like the fingerprint reader on the back. I think that would work for me as well. Or some people have, some of them have it on like the home button. I think that would also work for me. But I just like the contact of it. 
it's much more natural. Like face ID is fast and it works fast, but like I just think that it's more useful to have a touch ID sensor. That's my personal preference. But I suppose that's going to a lot of it come down to preference as well. Um, Tony, you says, how do you hold your iPhone, Koofy? I don't see you holding it in your videos. Thanks. Um, I have uh, a couple of ways that I do it. My favorite for like really hot temperatures, um, I have the half tights that I like. They're from Roadrunner Sports. They're like the R-Gear Challenger 7-inch. They have uh, pockets on each side that are big enough to hold an iPhone. Uh, you could probably even put an iPhone Plus in there if you were inclined to run with a phone that big. Um, but I put my iPhone 11 Pro with the case in there and it just feels fine. It's, I don't, I don't notice it, it doesn't bounce around. Um, the other pants that I run in are Path Projects pants. Though They have a back pocket, I'm reaching towards my back here. Uh, they have a back pocket uh, right on the hip, on the, on the waist. Um, that I can also put my iPhone 11 Pro with the case on it. It's a thin case, but it's with the case in the back, and it's fine there too. And then the other shorts that I brought with me to Iowa are the John G 5-inch short. Um, they're not called commuter pants. I forget what the tech, their technology is called. The, they have like their colorful line, and then they have like their travel line, which is just like all black everything. Um, it's from that collection. And... It has a, a pocket that doesn't look like it's going to fit an iPhone, but it'll fit an iPhone in there. I usually take my case off to put it in that one because it's kind of snug. So those are the pockets that I use to put it in there. If I don't have those as available as options to me, I also have a flip belt, which um, I actually just bought one of those for my mom because she's been looking for a way to carry her phone. So she should be getting that. I don't know if my mom's here. I haven't seen her. But mom, if you're here, it's coming Friday. <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll, I'll call you later, <laughs> but that's coming Friday. I, sh I think I told her that already. Um, I think I already called her yesterday, but, um, so, uh, that's another one that I use. That's my favorite one because I've used spy belts before, but the spy belts, it like jostles for me. So that's how I carry it. Uh, Magda Mieskowska says, do you listen to podcasts or audiobooks? I listen to both. So, um, I, uh, you know, Lately, I've been listening to almost exclusively audiobooks. And I think part of it is that, you know, when, like, everything shut down and, like, you know, all the running events got canceled, a lot of the running podcasts to me, like, they weren't, like, at first that they were really interesting because I really enjoyed, like, what are pros doing? What are regular people doing? What are sub-elites doing? Like, what is everyone doing? Like, that was really fascinating for me. But then, like, now it's, like, I'm not interested in that anymore. Um... And so, like, it just, I, I'm struggling to, like, get that super excited about it. Um, and so I've just been in a lot of audiobooks lately. And it's pretty much only been audiobooks. With the occasional once in a while, I'll listen to music. But for the most part, audiobooks. Um, let's see. Um, JJ Garza says, Kofuzi, why didn't you use Polar's running index for tracking progress in low heart rate training? Um... I don't know how to do that. That's why. Uh, yeah, I don't know what Polar's running index is. I don't like these other like running uh, indexes. Garmin has one too. No, Garmin just does like a VO2 max like extrapolation, right? Um, Polar has like a running index. Like it gives you like a number and it looks kind of like the numbers are in the general ranges of VO2 max too. So it's kind of confusing. So I, I, I don't know all, there's more that go like it seems to get wrapped into it. So like, 
just for tracking my progress in low heart rate, I was looking, I did the MAF test, the low MAF, the Maffetone test, which is you run at your low heart rate number for five miles on a track, flat surface with no elevation change. So that's kind of what I used um, as a way to just kind of keep that number, like whatever analytical tool I was using, just as simple and basic as possible. Um, Frank LaHoulier says, for deep sand, uh, or where did it go? Just moved. Um, talking about deep sand. Ah, for deep sand, the soft ground options from Solomon are good. Using the Speed Cross 4 for the deep sand now. Yeah, I don't think that um, there's going to be any sand on any of my running around here. Um, some of the dirt roads are getting a little bit soggy because it's been raining a lot. But for the most part, it's not, I don't even necessarily don't think I need trail shoes. Although like a light trail shoe might be pretty nice. Um, Garrett Baker says, has your time in Iowa made you rethink the downtown Chicago lifestyle? Do you think you'll stay in your apartment? Um, stay like long term. Um, I mean, it certainly has this, uh, not necessarily rethinking, but like it has this, every once in a while, my wife's like, so you're ready to buy a house in the suburbs yet? And I've told her, and we've had this conversation many times over the years, basically every time we go on a vacation, she used to have like an annual conference that she would go to in San Diego in like the early spring. And like we would have this conversation basically after like having just come out and still lingering in a Chicago winter um, of like, why do we live there? You know, kind of thing. And we've had the conversation a whole bunch of times where like if our work ever took us somewhere else, you know, like we wouldn't leave Chicago in a heartbeat, but, um, you know, we will follow the work, we'll follow good opportunities, that kind of thing. Um, there's nothing like pulling us away at the moment. And the longer we stay there, the bigger that pull I think would have to be. Um, but we've also like said, like, I'd rather move back here in Iowa and be close to like her family like very close to her family, like seeing them like on a regular basis, um, then I would want to move in like the Chicago suburbs. Like just that like commuter lifestyle, I think would be really hard on me from like a mental health perspective. Like that's the main reason I didn't want to move back to New Jersey or the East Coast. A lot of my friends, like after college, they did that thing where they lived like somewhat near home, uh, where we all had grown up. And then like we're taking the train in and going into like, uh, Port Authority or Union Station and like getting to work from there and just like listening to the stories of like how people commuted were just really weighed heavily on me and I didn't like that and uh, I just don't like commuting I really hate it so um, yeah so I, I, don't, I won't be moving to the suburbs but it does make me think like well maybe there's a way we can find some sort of more space in Chicago itself um, I've definitely been thinking about, you know, I, well, there's like two parts to this story is years ago, before, like when my wife and I were pretty much like newlyweds, my dad and I were, I was visiting home. I don't know if my wife was working, but she wasn't there, but it was just me and my dad and we were at a diner and I think we were both like reading the paper at a diner. Um, and he like, he pulls down his paper and he goes, you know what? Kids need green space. And it just came out of like a complete non sequitur out of nowhere. We weren't even talking. We were just drinking coffee and reading a newspaper. Um, and it just came out of nowhere. And I was like, okay, dad, great. We didn't even have a dog yet at the time. So like we were caring for no other lives other than our own and just like enjoying married life. Um, but, you know, I, I come back to that uh, frequently. 
And it makes me think, uh, I had a conversation with another uh, client of mine, a lawyer, um, who was uh, a very old school kind of guy. And he was like, you have kids in the city? And I was like, yeah, I have kids in the city. And he's like, yeah, we got to stop being so selfish. And I was like, um, yes, sir. Because he's, you know, he's going to be signing my check <laughs> soon. So I'm like, just agreeing with him, whatever. Um, and he's like, you know, I lived in the city with my family and my kids for, you know, their entire life. And, you know, I look back on it now and it's one of the big things I regret. And um, the guy was a real jerk, not just because of that conversation, but just generally, it was a real jerk. Um, so I like discounted everything he was saying. But every once in a while, I think about that too, because I'm like, I like being near museums. I like being near the lakefront. I like not having a long commute. Um, but those, none of those things are, well, I mean, my daughters like being near the lakefront. My daughters like being near museums and the aquarium and things like that. But would they, I mean, they seem really happy here right now. They like having more space. And I remember, you know, we moved around a lot growing up, a lot. I hate moving. Um, but we moved around a lot. And I do remember being very excited about how much space I would have when we moved to a new place that was bigger. And so I think about that too. So lots of things to think about. But uh, my wife and I have said many times, no, no big life-changing decisions during a pandemic. Although, like, you know, it's been going on a really long time. So we kind of have to make some decisions. So it's a very long way of saying, yes, we've thought, about, we've, we've thought a lot of things out here. But sorry, that was a long ramble. Sorry about that. Um, um, yeah, so really sorry. But that, yeah, that's, that's definitely something that's been on our minds and stuff we're talking about. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see what else we have here. I, I've just been rambling on for a long time. We're getting late here. Let's try to find one more comment and then we'll end on that for today. Um, Martha says run clothing is getting good about bone pockets. Rabbit makes a bra with pocket on the back. Hoka tights have big size zip pockets and both fit her iPhone X. Flip belts are great too. Yeah. I think that it's something that people are definitely thinking about more because remember when the only option was to wear like the big plate on your arm that was the only thing that you had as an option if you wanted to carry your phone with you um and like as small as phone were phones were like five ten years ago like the thing was so big because it had to stay up on your arm remember and so now it is getting much better and i do find myself like oh i think it's great that like running companies are like um getting very creative with sports bras and being able to find pockets. There's the, what is it, like a koala clip, something like that, that goes back on the straps and you can slide a phone in there. I think those things are just amazing. So lots of great ways um, to be able to carry the phone. So, all right. Well, I'm going to leave it there for today. Thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in. I had such a good time talking to you guys. And uh, thank you for listening to me ramble for a little bit. Tomorrow is going to be happy hour Thursday. Uh, 3 p.m. again here on YouTube. Uh, you don't have to bring an alcoholic beverage, but I'll be enjoying one if you guys want to join me. So hopefully I'll see you guys then. Otherwise, I'll be posting another video tomorrow and uh, I'm on Instagram and if you want to talk to me there as well. Hope you guys are staying safe out there on your all your runs. Thanks for watching and I'll see you in the next one. Thanks guys.